What's up, everybody? It's your favorite podcast, Get a Bucket. I'm your host, Trey. And um, to start, I just want to say, hope you all have a wonderful holiday. I'm going to be doing one episode this week, more than likely. I may do the 50th um, Saturday, but I'm still on the fence about it. You know, it's, it's your family time. You know, I, I kind of want y'all to just, you know, spend time with your family. But, um, yeah, I'll, you know, you'll see that on the on the ID post, of course. However, uh, let's go ahead and slide right on into these into these halves because I only wanted to talk about two really major things coming up down the pipeline alright so half one we're going to talk about the NBA quarterly updates that's right ladies and gentlemen we are about a quarter of the way past the NBA season Um, I'm just going to break it down to you guys in segments we got the Eastern Conference of course and the Western Conference we're going to start with the Eastern Conference um, the Bucks are number one. Celtics are number two. The Heat are number three. Raptors number four. Sixers number five. Pacers number six. Nets number seven, and the Magic are number eight currently. So that means that the playoffs were going to start today. Those eight teams will be in the playoffs. Now, a few things have actually kind of gone. A few storylines have taken place, right? Um, for starters, I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. Giannis, he has shown himself to be ahead of the pack. Um, Giannis has been improving his game all around, and he so far seems like the best player in basketball. Uh, granted, Kevin Durant is out, um, and we gotta see how he looks when he comes back. But right now, Giannis looks like he has that position. Um, he's knocking down contested threes. I mean, over the likes of Anthony Davis, he can still drive. He's still athletic. He has shooters around them, like around him. Like they're a different version of the Warriors and Rockets. So they can play five out and still defend. And they have at least one player who's damn near unguardable. Like, like really he is unguardable, especially, especially if he's knocking down three. So I'm very interested in the Bucks right now. Like they, they are the team to be in the East right now. Um, and the only teams that could really slow them down are the Sixers, which might shape up come playoff time, but you know, we'll see. And the Magic, which I personally think they're just too young. Now, the next storyline is can, can the Celtics take that next jump? They have a quality starting four. <coughs> Excuse me, they have a quality starting four. Um,. I just want to see if they're able to really break down and get a quality bench. And they have solid role players that can form that. Obviously, their bench is going to consist of Taco Fall, Romeo Langford, damn, and Carson Edwards. And those three players could eventually start for them in the next two to three years all through this place because you have Gordon Hayward he might be we don't know his health status you know Kimba might be a, like aging and he's also short too so we, we gotta see how that goes like short guards usually sort of like pan out earlier than, than the lengthier guards um and then hell let's be honest Taco Fall in, in the next two three years could emerge as a quality big man in today's NBA I mean 
a seven, what, three? Like, come on, dude. That, that you, you can't teach height. So, if you improve this bench right now, you can start, you can continue to have a realistic contending shot. And I don't think he can guard, let's say, a Joel Embiid or an Anthony Davis right now. But in that next couple years, he might be able to, and he could at least be serviceable in the, for the time being. So, like I said, that's still seven, three. So, that's another storyline I wanted to point out the Celtics. <clears throat> they could be the team of the future, depending on how they how they play their cards. Because I think they've gotten they they took a step back a little bit, but yeah, I think I bet you ten dollars Terry Rozier is upset for leaving. <laughs> oh, I bet you his ass is upset for leaving. All right, now the Pacers. I think they should trade Victor Oladipo. At least consider it. Um, right now they have a solid team. I mean, quality two through five options and a decent bench. Like we, we have a quality team. If you had a healthy Victor Oladipo, I could easily, easily see them not being that that six seed and being like a top three team. Because Victor is nice, nice, but Victor is coming back from injury. We don't know how he's gonna return. I I would like to see maybe how this team would respond with a Bradley Beal. I don't know how you get that job done, but you know, like something like that could work out. Um, granted, I'm not saying you should trade Victor. Like you should at least consider like if the right offer for, rolls across your table, you may want to take it. Um, especially if you can get a quality All Star in return, because like I said, you don't know you don't know how Victor's gonna respond. And it may take him some time to respond as well, like to get back to all-star status. So you're now losing out on your championship window potentially. Because this is a championship team. Like Sabonis is actually playing his ass off right now. Malcolm Brogdon is looking like a quality, efficient point guard. So I'm just saying this. And then Miles Turner looks like a quality, like big man that can stretch for and defend a little bit too. So I'm just saying this team looks very promising. And if you have an actual all-star who can take it over the top for them, then you should have a championship team established and ready and especially in the east easily in the east will the heat need to pivot if no all-star or star shows up shows up in the next two years hmm. all right so i'm looking at it like this i think you may want to consider doing so i think you may want to consider doing so and the reason why Jimmy Butler is 30, ladies and gentlemen. That means after this year, he's supposed to be falling out of his, his prime. And the Heat are a tremendous team right now because he's their dominant playmaker. I don't foresee that holding up as much as it has been. Like It's going to keep declining. And you cannot bank a team off Jimmy Butler unless one of their youngins like Bam or... Kendrick Nunn or Tyler Hero. I don't think they're going to keep Justice Winslow. But unless one of those players emerge as this bona fide star, you may want to consider getting some new like, pieces and trying to retool. Or you can stick with the status quo, potentially stay in the playoffs, and call it a day. But that is their timeline. And it's funny because right now they're looking like a, like, a, like a solid little team to go to. So I think All-Stars would not mind going to Miami. I mean, hell, it's Miami. Come on, bro. Uh, you know, like, so 
they have the destination spot. The culture there is solid. They're championship caliber, as they've proven before. They do have a championship coach, and Eric Spolstra has shown to produce quality teams over the years. They yet they have not gone to the play. They have not won the championship or gone to the finals. But to be fair, that has been that has been against a big three in Cleveland. So I'm just saying the Heat will be a team to watch out for for the foreseeable future. Now, the Nets are actually striking me as kind of interesting. Um, Kyrie's impact once he returns, I think it'll actually be good for the Nets, honestly. You get to see exactly how Kyrie and Dinwiddie, if they can mesh well. I think they can because both of them are playmakers. It's just that Dinwiddie's more of a passing playmaker and Kyrie's more of a scoring playmaker. However, both can do both. It's just Kyrie's better at scoring and Dinwiddie's probably better at passing. So... You may have a scenario where you have Kyrie starting, Dinwiddie coming off as six man, but then Dinwiddie may, or you can start them both honestly and just have Dinwiddie run point and then Kyrie go in and do his little sauciness with his own little unit, you know, like kind of get, be able to dance and score and do whatever he wants to and then let Dinwiddie and then KD come back in, get a little more playmaking going on and then you hit back with Kyrie. Also. You know, you can do a lot of combos with that, with those two players. So I think that's actually. It'll be a plus for them because right now it'll be just them. So when that returns, I mean, you have Carlos Levert too, but you need to focus around these two as well. I think Carlos should start along with Kyrie and, then, like I said, bring Dinwiddie off the bench, but then finish with Dinwiddie and Kyrie. And then, especially if Kyrie's hot, Dinwiddie can shoot the ball from three. So can Levert, so pretty much whoever has a hot hand between those two. But I personally think it's going to be Dinwiddie primarily. Alright, so half two. We're going to talk about the Western Conference now. Um, and then we're going to hit y'all with a little bit Christmas Day predictions. I know the games are coming up, so be prepared. It should be a good day. At least hopefully. I'm. You know what? I, I told myself I was going to save it. I, I'm going to save it for that portion. So we're just going to slide into the Western predictions, or the Western Conference. Now, you could talk a lot about the Lakers, a lot about the Nuggets, a lot about the Rockets, a lot about the Clippers, the Mavericks. But I wanted to talk about the rest of the Western Conference because we already know about those top five teams, right? The Jazz. I think the Jazz need two number two options and the third option to consistently click every game. And I think they do have that in Donovan Mitchell, um, Bogdanovich. And Rudy Gobert, but here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm gonna say Rudy Gobert. I'm gonna say Rudy Gobert. Here's the thing, though. To be content, I mean, to, to be truly contenders against those, because they don't have more than one option. So, to be truly a contender, they need double up. Like a two. Like for example. At the time, Kevin Durant was the, t- like the, number, th- the number two player in the league, and, and Steph Curry was number three, and Braun was number one. And they're saying how like those two need to team up to beat the number one. You need a two and a three to combat a one, and then a two and a three to combat that two to, to get an advantage. You know? Because that way, you can actually it, it'll help you out in terms of winning the series. And they need that third third option. And Conley's pl- been playing like a fourth option. Like he has not been shooting the ball as well as he as we've seen. 
So that's the storyline to watch out for. Like if Conley can turn it around, then the Jazz become contenders once again, and then the West just gets a little bit deeper, which is very possible to happen. Um, I'm not going to count out Conley or the Jazz just yet, but you know they 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 do need to turn around sooner rather than later. The Warriors going forward, I actually do like them. Um, they're bringing out, they're, they're testing the young players right now, seeing which ones need to form into role players, which ones they need to bring in as potential stars. Um, of course, you're going to get Steph, Clay back. You get a young player, possibly a James Wiseman, um, a Vernon Carey, uh, Navali Dante. Like, you get one of those three players, you know, like quality big men. And then you return Willie Cauley-Stein. So you have Willie Cauley-Stein and now this young, promising big man who can, you know, potentially score as well as defend. I kind of like the Warriors going forward. Like the Warriors actually turned lemon into, lemons into, into lemonade. I'm still curious as to how do you, do you keep D'Angelo Russell or do you trade him? He has said that he wants to play with Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns, so maybe you can get an Andrew Wiggins, which could bring out the potential of Andrew Wiggins a little more. In the championship culture, new team, he's not the star anymore by any means. You might even be like, you're the third option scoring-wise, but you might be looked at as the fourth option on the team in terms of impact. Like, Let's see how that, that could be a potential trade option there too. So, let's look for the Warriors going forward. Now, personally, if everything goes according to plan, the Suns, the Kings, and the Grizzlies are the teams of the future. I want to let me put an asterisk on the Wolves because they could actually emerge because of trades, like I stated earlier. But those three teams are the teams to watch out for. They have the best talent. They have promising potential. Like it, it just seems like these teams are actually stockpiling young players. And they're actually trying to develop them. I mean, you have your Grizzlies with John Morant and um, and um, Jaron Jackson Jr. Sorry, and uh, and they actually look dominant. I mean, Jaron just dropped thirty the other night, like casually. And we all know about John Morant. He may need to slow down. That'll be another segment for another day. But I mean, John, like they're looking like a potent duo. And then you have. The Suns with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I mean, the Suns with just Devin Booker were in the playoff hunt. Then you add in DeAndre Ayton, and like he's got to shake off a little bit of rust. But at, like, probably once it hits, maybe like All Star break, we'll really see what the Suns are looking like. And it could be scary. Like th- that team could be that team would be promising. Not to mention Kelly Oubre is playing well. Like they have a lot of young talent out there. And then of course the Kings. Hell, the Kings are in playoff hunt right now, sitting at the ninth spot. So, I mean, I don't foresee the Thunder staying here long term. Like, I think they'll be trading pieces away, and they won't remain in the playoffs. But watch out for the Kings, too. Like, the Kings are nasty across the board with the Arian Fox and Marvin Bagley. You even have Harry Giles, who I still think could be a promising player in the league. You, uh, you have uh, Red Monovich, I think you have like so many players out there that just are quality bucket getters. Like, 
they just need maybe a little bit more on the defensive end, like Buddy Hill, like, you know what I'm saying, like, even Harrison Barnes has been cooking this year low-key, so, I mean, they have, like, a nice young core there, and, like, not even young, they have a nice young team, and they can, like, retain those pieces financially, they'll be, they'll be, like, a team to watch out for. Now, my Christmas Day predictions, I'm gonna just say this right here, I'm gonna go in order, because I want to say, you know, as, as follows. But the Celtics versus the Raptors. <coughs> this game should be interesting. Um, this game should be interesting. Um, the Celtics. I want to go Celtics. It's at the Raptors' home. Uh, that's tough. Because the Celtics starting five is better than the Raptors starting five. However, the Raptors bench has been solid. But the Raptors also hurt too. So I may go Celtics in, in this game just because. The Bucks versus the Sixers. Now the Sixers will be at home and they've been tough at home. I think they only have like one home like, yeah, they only have like one home loss. So do I pick the unstoppable Giannis? Or the big bad 76ers? Like this may this is a statement game for the Sixers. It's at home. It's on Christmas Day. But Giannis has been cooking. Like this, this is gonna be a tough game to watch. Like this, oh my God, this should be a tough game. Like, damn, that's tough to call. Mmm. I may go with the away team again. I'm like the the 76ers should beat them, but I may go with the away team just because. Like Giannis, Giannis proved to me, and NB has not been going at it like the way he should be. But they could be energized too, so. I don't know. I'm, 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 I think I'm sticking with the Bucks. Now the Rockets versus Warriors. This game is simple. Um, the Warriors are depleted. Uh, it'll be a high, it, it might be a high-scoring game to be honest with you. But the, the Rockets have also been playing stellar defense lately. So of course Rockets. <laughs> like that's easy. All right, the game we've all been waiting for. The Lakers versus Clippers. It's at the Lakers home court, which is ironically the Clippers home court. So. With a potentially hobbled Lakers team, meaning Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both questionable for the game. That could be like a little tactic to derail the Clippers. I don't think that's going to matter. Uh, they'll prepare for them even so. Because uh, if not, A, it's the easier dub. But I still take the Clippers in this game. And the Clippers have been struggling. They kind of want to make a little step back um, after losing you know, to the Rockets things that, and, um, and things of that nature. So I think, I think the Clippers come back and make a statement against the Lakers. Uh, which has, which is like the West best team record wise right now. So that that's the game to watch. Uh, hopefully, as long as AD and Braun play, don't rip us off. Nuggets and Pelicans. This one has a, l a little less sizzle than it should because we, you know, Zion's not playing. So we're gonna call this easily Nuggets. I think Brandon Ingram will have a good game, but the Nuggets should win this game pretty easily. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time I have. Again, hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, hope you all get all the gifts and, and spend time with your family and loved ones. So, but yeah, just have a good one. And again, family is the most important thing, so get get and spend as much time as possible with them. Also, watch these games, because I know my ass will be. Alright, have a good one. See y'all.